0: Well, since uh, 1998, Gary Baker and I have had the pleasure of uh, putting together this Internet Advisor. It's been through a lot of different kinds of... um all oh, formations, and uh, for the last, well, oh, probably about uh, ten years, in particular, it's held this form of being a two-hour show. In which, uh, in the first hour, we uh, tackle some subjects, talk with people, interview people, as we're going to be doing shortly, and uh, then in the second hour, we talk about your problems and answer those questions. And when we're live on the WJR, when we're live on that station, we were able to take your calls. But as it is right now, we're preempted on that station, so we're we've got many letters that we've gotten, or emails I should say, over the last week with questions about getting things repaired. And we're going to be talking about them in the second hour of the program. Ed Rudell in studio with me right now. And uh, in this first hour, as I said, often what we do is we tackle some particular issue. And one big one that is coming up in the very near future, Ed, is going to be the FCCs presenting their rulings on Uh, controlling the Internet, if you will, and access to the Internet. Are they still dragging their feet on that? Oh, they've been dragging their feet. That's what politicians do. (laughs) Well, this is actually something that has been... It, it, it was, There was a set of rulings last year. They were shot down in a court fight by Verizon. And this has been an attempt now to come back and try to handle the matter. So to help us tackle what has been a rather thorny issue is Craig Aaron. He's the president and CEO of Freepress.net. And I want to thank you very much, Craig, for joining us here on The Internet Advisor. Oh, well, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, Craig, uh, to start with, there are a lot of voices out there that are saying, we know what the real problem is and the solution is. So I'm going to ask a rather blunt question. Why should we listen to you to start with?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, I guess what you should listen to me is uh, I and my group Free Press have been working on this issue of net neutrality for close to a decade. Uh, We're a public interest group. We don't take any money from any of the corporations involved in this fight. We don't take any money from the government any of the political parties, uh, and we have a long track record and hundreds and hundreds of pages uh, in the various dockets that have been debating this issue for a long time about what is the best way to protect the free and open Internet, uh, and we think that's with
0: strong net neutrality rules. Well, I was impressed when I went to look at your organization about how broad the scope is on this thing yeah and and, you know on your homepage, you had an article there and it's the first time unfortunately that I've I've visited your site and I found it a very well written article very concise yet and and nailing the pros and cons of each and the the proponents in each and uh, I, I was impressed you educated me very well on that so I mean it's not that much it's only a one or two page article but you but you really get down to the nuts and bolts of the issues
1: well, I appreciate that. I definitely urge people to go to net. We have lots of information right. there, uh, especially about this issue about net neutrality and other threats to the free and open Internet. But, you know, really what you're getting at is this has sort of been the problem in all these policy yes. debates in Washington over the Internet. It, often they're really highly technical. They're obscure. Mm-hmm. You have to be a lawyer to be involved. And, you know, often that's absolutely what the biggest companies want. The more obscure and confusing the debate, uh, the better. Uh, because that sort of keeps the public out in a way. And what's been interesting about this net neutrality issue is uh, the public has actually really started paying attention, and millions and millions of people have contacted the agency, and most of them have essentially said, hey, we really like the Internet. We like how it works. We want to be in control of our own Internet experience. Whatever you have to do to make that happen, do that. And we finally seem to be turning a corner here uh, in 2015, where it looks like the Federal Communications Commission finally might actually listen to all those people and uh, do the right thing.
0: Well, Craig, what gives you that sense that we're finally turning a corner?
1: Well, a couple of important things have happened, and it's certainly not over. But, you know, we, we've been talking about this issue uh, since at least 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the court decision that you referenced that happened almost exactly a year ago. Right. has been a lot of back and forth, and the Federal Communications Commission has been very reluctant to really do anything here. But uh, they saw this incredible public response all through last summer and fall. Eventually, four million people contacted the agency. I mean, honestly, we didn't know four million people knew what the FCC was, <laughs> uh, let alone would weigh in on an issue like this. It just never, never happened before. Uh, uh, this was more, and more public comment than they got on any issue in the agency's history. Uh, and back in November, right after the election, the president, uh, President Obama, actually came out and said. Uh, that he thought the FCC should should do what 's called Title II reclassification right. that's into that that wonky stuff, but it, it's the, it, 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 it's strong and clear internet rules, and most importantly it 's the authority for the FCC to step in if and when a big phone or cable company uh, is messing with the internet. Uh, the president came out uh, for a position that that 's you know right in line with the position we 've been advocating at free press, uh, very clear, very detailed that really sort of turned this debate on its head and now uh, we, we just got news out of uh, the CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, uh, that the SEC chairman has indicated that he's changed his mind. And while he was very resistant to doing these net neutrality rules, uh, he's now moving toward uh, doing the rules in line with what the president suggested. So uh, it appears that on February 26th, uh, this agency will likely vote on new rules. Now, the devil's going to be in the details. Yes. There's a lot still to be sorted out, but I think they are moving in a public interest direction. Now, Congress is still involved. Uh, They have a lot to say. There's some movement from the new leadership in Congress uh, to to start meddling with this. Um, We'll see where that goes, and that could really start taking shape in the weeks ahead. But uh, my my, my gut says that we are going to get new net neutrality rules and that they're actually going to be pretty good. And if we talked at any time in the last uh, 12 months, uh, I would have probably told you the opposite. So hmm. uh, it's been a big turnaround. So yes. the
0: so the last defeat was basically trying to reclassify internet service providers as as communication two way communication companies, yeah. so that they would fall <laughs> I mean, under really title II? The,
1: the problem was a refusal to do that, and yeah. so th- the whole mess really starts back in the early two thousands uh, when you you had this existing law, the ninety six Communications Act, the, the 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 act that governs all of our communication. Was pretty clear that you couldn't discriminate, block websites, things like this. But the FCC, back during the Bush administration, started meddling with it, changing how broadband internet was going to be treated under the law. Uh, this was because the cable companies were getting into the broadband business, and they didn't want to be treated <clears throat> with the same kind of regulations that the phone companies
0: had, which were pretty it went strict. All the way to the Supreme Court, Craig. Excuse a- me, Craig. I, yeah, pardon me. And that uh, under the old Title II. Um, which was like controlling electricity and things like that as as public commodities um, or utilities rather, they were pretty strict in terms of the the control they could have over it, right?
1: Well, so the, basically, what Title II does is there's a, there's a couple important parts of it, and it was originally written. It has a lot to do with your phone system, and you right. can think back, uh, you know, to the early days of the internet and. There were things like dial-up internet where you had a lot of choices uh, for different providers. And the right. reason you had those choices is because of how the law was written and what the law said is that your phone company had to share its wires. Right. It said that they had to offer a wholesale price, and you know AOL and EarthLink and you know whoever else we used to have in the dial-up world uh, could, uh, could could get in on the business. It was still just one phone line coming into your house, right? Uh, but there was this sort of choice, and we had a lot of choice as prices went down. When broadband came in, obviously a better technology, um, cable was suddenly going to be in that business. And they, cable had always been under a different part of the law because cable TV was just one-way communications. And so they said to the FCC, they said, we don't want all these obligations. We don't want to share our wires. Right. Uh, and the FCC agreed with them. And oh. they said, okay, you don't have to. We think this might create competition. But we're going to reserve, we're going to basically reserve some things to say, hey, if you do start messing with things, we're going to do, do something about it. Uh uh they, they, there was a case that went all the way to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court essentially said all right this doesn't sound like a very good idea to us Uh in fact justice Scalia wrote a particularly scathing uh uh, uh opinion uh, saying they should they shouldn't have allowed the FCC to do this but they said you're the expert agency you do it and and let's see what happened and then the phone company said well wait a minute if cable doesn't have to play by these rules we don't want to either so suddenly what had been what's called a telecommunication service, two-way communication service, was treated under a different part of the law. It ah. was originally written to govern websites and things like LexisNexis information mm-hmm. services and things like that. And th- 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 to make the somewhat long story shorter, basically what happened is eventually t- companies started getting caught interfering uh, with content. So Comcast got caught blocking people's file sharing.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, the FCC investigated... Uh, they tried to sanction Comcast for doing that. Comcast said, well, hey, wait a minute, you don't have the authority. <laughs> and the I courts gotcha. agreed with them. So the, the FCC went through several rounds of this, at least two rounds of trying to make rules, but not going back and fixing this original problem. And okay. they kept losing in court because every time they'd make a new rule, a phone company or a cable company would sue them and say, you don't have the authority. So We're talking, now- by
0: the way, Craig, hang on a second. We're going to have another section to continue our conversation here because, as you can see, folks, with this little history we've been getting of the uh, the battle behind net neutrality, it is very complicated, but somebody's helping us sort it out. That's Craig Aaron from freepress.net. Back with him in just a moment.